¡Órale! ¡Sí, señor! Bienvenidos and welcome to the Familia FFP Podcast. I'm Jorge Georgi Martín, Ricky Torres, and Hector Reyes. Uh, Primos, uh, ¿cómo estamos? Good, man. Bien, bien. Happy to be back. Let's, let's do this. Yeah, gracias everybody for joining us. Es un placer y estamos aquí para servirlos. Uh, make sure you're checking us out on FamiliaFFB.com as well as our social media channels, Twitter and Instagram, at FamiliaFFB, as well as our Familia FFB Facebook page. Well, uh, primos, I, I'm fired up. I mean, it, it, it's really looking like the season is coming. I, I It yeah. was so great. We got, we, we got a lot of love on uh, posting the... Like but- Ball. <laughs> record that. It's definitely, record good that. One. It's definitely <laughs> when Ricky, yeah, Ricky, we're gonna have you uh, do that one, do that one as a voiceover for like for the like rest of the that. season. Yeah, no, we're it's gonna have to awesome. record that. We're gonna have to record that one in like high definition. Like we'll post that up. That's that's a good. That'll be like our intro theme right there. <laughs> well, we, got, we got a lot of love from Vinny Bonsignore for the uh, for the great interview he had he gave us for the. It's been getting uh, busy, Georgie. It's been fun. It's been fun. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff going on. A lot, a lot of stuff going on. And and you know, primo, is, cool. I I got to I you know I got a very special invite, una invitación to play in the Estadio Fantasy Bowl. Tell me about that. What exactly is that? Because I saw it sounds big. Like sounds Two hundred cool. teams or something like that. It was four hundred forty-four teams, and it in forty-four. Uh, I'm sorry. 44 it was forty-four leagues, leagues and what? over five hundred people playing. <laughs> It was all on the sleeper app. Well, it's the brainchild of Mauricio Gutierrez, who is the founder and he's the host of the Estadio Fantasy Bowl, uh, Estadio Fantasy Podcast. Uh, great guy. He and I connected about three weeks ago, and he invited me to play. You know, I told, I, I talked to him. I reached out to him, uh, really just kind of, you know, wanting to get his uh, ideas on getting more listeners and what he thought of our idea for the podcast. And he thought he thought it was great. You know, he he said we need more Latin in fantasy football analysis we don't we don't and that was part of the reason why we started that this is why we sure. you know we kind of got this idea going because you know almost like a capricho you know it's like hey you know what we can do this too you know yeah, uh, yeah, I, thought, yeah. I thought you guys just started it to suck all my ideas out of my head so you got, <laughs> well, that too you steal that your too. teams that too. Well, I was kind of, I was kind of stealing the line from that, the Hamilton soundtrack. Instead of immigrants, we get the job done. Mexicans, we get the job done too. So, but yeah. So this, uh, so uh, Mauricio, he told the thing he told me about was that uh, there's just a ton of people who play uh, fantasy all through Latino America. Now he's a Mexicali. And uh, but yeah, through all Mexico, all of all of Latino America, and he invited me to play in this bowl. And so he, he he assigned 44 leagues, all 12 team divisions, uh, 12, 12 team leagues. And I was playing with, you know, I, I it's it's an online draft. I was playing with people from Mexico, Brazil, the Ukraine. Wow. I knew one of the guys like he he went auto draft because it was like five o'clock in the morning when he was when he was there and he hadn't he hadn't set his alarm to. And then. Uh, but, yeah, this this was kind of the uh, this kind of thing. Mauricio had the idea behind what's called the Scott Fishbowl. Which is ju- in ju- it happens in July. It's just a collection of tournaments uh, of of leagues that are formed, ba- and it's it's industry experts throughout the world. And uh, I mean, there were I mean, P- Mauricio is in it, and so he got the idea to play with play with. I mean, he's playing with you know, uh, uh, you know the biggest the biggest names in fantasy football. 
And so, uh, and he's been doing a lot of work with fantasy pros over the years. And uh, yeah, so when we talked, I connected and he loves our idea for our, our podcast. He loves awesome. that it's familia oriented. He loves to see more Latinos getting in there and that, you know, and he had, he told me he hadn't heard of another Latino focused fantasy football podcast that's in English. So that's why he was really, you know, saying, hey, you know what? Keep putting out content. And he said, I'd love to play, have you play in the Estadio Fantasy Bowl. So uh, I said, sure, why not? And this yeah. was and this this is deep. So this is one quarterback, two receivers, two running backs, one tight end, four flex positions and eight bench spots. Zero, PPR. It's PPR. Zero kicker, zero defense, so you don't have to be playing those games. There's no trading allowed, mm. so it's just draft and you and and, wa- and waiver wire. So, so that super important question, Georgie, what's your team name? Uh, I, it's my Twitter address, Jorge Martin Seventeen. Oh, uh, that, they, they want yeah. you know. Well, you know there's what, people throughout the country, right? Like throughout the the world. Yeah, everybody was doing that. Now the great do a thing, that name. Well, the, the, what I wanted to call what I wanted to call it, but they asked us to keep it to our, our Twitter handle. It, it, it the uh, theme of the whole the the whole league this year was Star Wars. Uh, Mauricio is a huge Star Wars fan. I you know I mean familia we all love Star Wars. Heck yeah. So I got put in the Han Solo division. So <laughs> I so I've I've unofficially named my team the Mos Eisley Tequileros. Yeah, boy. So, <laughs> So that's my that that's the that's the name that we'll call it. Yeah, that when we're uh, as we're going through the season and we're talking about it, you know, the most icely tequileros. But uh, uh, and and I gotta tell you, it was great talking trash in Spanish. Uh, where, you, know, <laughs> you don't get to do that very room. often. <laughs> it, it's you know everything was basura, me lo robaste, and everything. A couple of times, a couple of times, I got I got snaked at the last minute, and uh, yeah, it was just it, it was cool. And you know what? And it just reminded me the audience that's out there, the, the people who are out there that, uh, I, and I really think that people misjudge that Latinos only want to watch soccer and boxing. No, there's yeah. tons. I, I'm surprised there. when you said that, that, you know, all the different countries, Mexico, Brazil, Ukraine, I'm like, what? They play, they play football. No, like I, NFL? I think, I think the, 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 the one thing to remember is that, you know, just look at, Look at how you're, how Europe has embraced the NFL. I mean, you see, yeah. you know, the European games that are over there. You know, and you know that six o'clock in the morning the or whatever City it was when we're over here. Yeah. I mean, those game those games are those games are packed. You know, those, those stadiums are packed or have been packed. So, it it you know it, it it's easy to see how that would translate. You know, obviously those stadiums in Europe are filled up to watch NFL. Obviously, there's people that are fans that didn't get to go to the stadium or didn't get a ticket to, to that game. But you know they're out there, you know. And obviously, when you when you when you have uh, sports betting, which you know is this gigantic. I, I mean, I understand that when you go to soccer games, uh, you know, around the world, you can bet at the stadium, you know, like, like kind of like horse races. So it doesn't it doesn't you know when you put two and two together, you have avid sports fans around the world. You have a game like the NFL. Uh, NFL football, where you know it's it's uh it's growing in popularity, and then you're just adding another element of betting, where which people love sports betting anyway, and you can see how it's just a match made in heaven, where people will be like, wow, this is really cool. I mean, you know, for all of us, if you the first time you played fantasy, it's just like, wow, this is like such a cool thing, and it's easy to see how it's just exploded. So, 
Uh, I, I'm not surprised at all, but I think it's really cool. I mean, in the U.S. alone, it's a billion-dollar industry. Fantasy football is so there's Multi. room to grow. Yeah. It's room to grow, and I, I think it's really exciting just to see how far this can really go. It, you know, sky, you know, he's sky, they say sky's the limit. I think this goes way beyond that. <laughs> oh, it's it's beyond. And you know, one of the things I forgot to add earlier is that it's there are 13 countries. Uh, Mauricio was telling me that he thinks that 13 countries participated in the Estadio Fantasy Bowl. So, yeah, yeah, and he, exactly. yeah, he told me, you know, he was in another, he got invited in another tournament. He got invited to represent Mexico, uh, but he was playing against people in Spain, South yeah. Africa, yeah. you yeah. know, th- different parts of Europe. I mean, it was just, he was in an, a whole international division just made up of, uh, and, and it was at people who are experts at fantasy football. So it's just, you know, this game is so huge and I, I love the fact that we're doing this and I mean, it's fun, you know, it's a fun bonding experience where we get to, you know, talk and argue together, but, and bring people into our whole familia dynamic, but it just, it, it you know, it's kind of cool it's to see. Fun. Fantasy yeah. football is just so much fun, yeah. man. It's just, it's nothing, there's nothing like it. <laughs> and when you when you think about how many people, 29 million people, ESPN did a study, 29 million people, uh, Latinos are are avid NFL fans. So you got to figure a, a healthy percentage of those people play fantasy. So sure, uh, that's just so, that's just Latino. We're not even talking yes. about you know other other demographics. That was a, you're saying that ESPN did that study, and that was specifically. Latinos. I mean, 29 million. I mean, geez. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you, if you break it down demographic, demographic, I'm sure. Yeah, it's a worldwide phenomenon. Fantasy football is this is is a, is this continuing. It's still it's still blowing up. It's and still it's, getting big. So that's yeah. really, really exciting stuff. And you, you still suck at it, too. It's like, hey, man, I have a, I'm on the trophy. I'm on the trophy. I'm on the trophy. Still, oh, God. Hey, that's all I got to say is that I, I, I could say I beat you that year, 2014. I think uh, Rick, so whatever, man. And, and, we, and there's an asterisk on, this, on, the, on a couple of the times that you won. You got oh. players from me. You bamboozled <laughs> me. You snake oil salesman you. <laughs> <laughs> we we got to do this podcast at least long enough so that I could win once. I, I, I doubt I'll be able to catch Ricky, but but no, it's for you, Georgie, because I feel like you're always there. But uh, George is always there. I mean, there was there was a year. Can't make it to the back. finals. Yeah, I remember that year. George started the season like ten and zero, and everyone was just like, "Oh my god, no one can beat George." And then like Nobody. I think a couple of your guys went down with like injuries or something, and then that was and that was that. But no, the kicker that was my corazón roto. Kai Forbat, twenty two points, outscored Patrick Mahomes. Gotta love that. <laughs> ay mijo ay mijo well hey you know what hey saludos y abrazos a ti Mauricio Gutierrez we're going to give you a shout out on Twitter on this Thank, otra vez gracias por la invitación uh, we're going to be inviting him in fact tomorrow I'm going to extend an invitation to be on on the Familia FFP podcast hopefully for where all uh, all three of us could be on but yeah come know, on he, down like the price is yeah. right let's go venga yeah. venga 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 so, <laughs> hey, let's get into some cheese, man, boys. Cheese, man. So, uh, you know, we got, you know, we got some scares over the weekend. A bunch of false positives on the COVID front. Uh, oh. and, well, I and, guess that's good, right? If it's a false positive, I guess that's <laughs> that good. That happen. It's I like, mean, oh, it's, 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 yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm glad that they are false positives. I guess you could say that. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was just a ton of them, and it was like I think it was like seventy-seven false positives after there were, you know, everything was quiet on on the COVID nineteen front. But yeah, uh, those guys were retested, found oh, to be negative, scary. and uh, you know, a couple of teams. I think the Raiders canceled practice on Sunday because they they were worried about 
you know, the test, but it seems like everything's been righted. But, you know, the great thing is they've done 23,260 tests on players and they've had zero COVID-19 positives. That's awesome. They're from, that was from August 12th to the 20th. So it really looks like people are, you know, starting to fi- adhere to protocols. I mean, I mean, uh, Ricky, from a from from a medical standpoint, how amazing is is that idea? Not not just the number of tests, but just the fact that it's, so many people. It's I mean that that's amazing. Just the fact that they've had zero. Um, but looking at how many tests they've done, it's disturbing because I'm like, shoot, man, if I want to get a test, it's gonna take me like two days to find out what I got. And other people take some like four days to find out what they got. So it's like, what is the NFL doing that the rest of the country can't do, man? They're spend, doing great. Spend, they're spending. <laughs> they're spend, and and they're I guess spending. the false positive. I guess the lab, there must have been a specimen that was tainted and therefore tainted the others. So, right. uh, But it's good that they got on it right away. They, they sniffed it out right away. NFL, please, come on. You're doing so good. Enough with these scares. Let's just, I'm having enough with all the injury scares that are already going on. So right. it's like, all right, let's get this COVID out of the way. Act like let's it ain't even happening. Let's go. Let's go. Zero positive, baby. Zero positive. Let's keep it going. Even when, even when, I mean, you know what? You know, in baseball, teams are traveling twice as much as uh, as, yeah. as the yeah. NFL. And it looks like, I mean, we've had some scares, but it really, and you know, as, as Vinny Bonsignore uh, mentioned on, on, on his, they're really learning, uh, the NFL is really learning about what happened with MLB. Yes. And they're, the players themselves are kind of self-policing and making sure that people are like, look, don't <laughs> screw this up for, Did don't screw each other. Don't screw yeah, this up. Yeah. They, yeah. They're like, they're, they're holding each other accountable, which I think yeah. is fantastic. That's good because should, you got definitely. the young guys who uh, who just got a lot of money, so they're excited to go play with it. You know, I would be too. Yeah. Uh, you know, they don't want to be the Clevenger, you know, to the Indians. Oh, jeez. Yeah, he got kicked off the team for ten days and yeah. hurt a bunch of fantasy teams. So yeah, uh, uh, it's good that teams are doing it, taking it seriously for now. I think even the players are as excited as we are. Yeah. Yeah, well, unfortunately, we're not, you know, we've got some unexciting injury news. Tyrell Williams, you know, he's been diagnosed with the torn labrum, and he thinks he's going to try and play through it. I, 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 that's to me is amazing. I can't imagine him even thinking about doing something like and trying to play through a torn labrum. But uh, uh, I, I think there's some time on an IR that's uh, waiting for him. If it's not at the beginning of the season, maybe early on. I can't imagine anyone with a torn labrum saying I'm about I'm about to play an NFL season. I mean that to me that's just blows my mind. I mean we see you, you know any time that you have had a player, you know you know uh, you you see them that is not there. Alvin Kamara comes to mind last year. You know as soon as a guy's playing is hurt, you notice it immediately. Something wrong with that guy. You know something something is off. You know he's not running right. He's just and it, you know to me it's a, it's detrimental to your team because there could be someone out there who's who's healthy that can do that can you know do something positive for the team as opposed to somebody who's taking a, a roster spot who's playing her and he's only going to give you you know fifty percent of what you know a healthy guy can give you. So I'm not a fan of that. Not to mention how physical the NFL game is. You know it's just it, it, I don't know. I, to me it's just get out, get healthy, come back when you're better. I don't. I don't get it at all. I don't. I, don't, I just don't. No, get no. It. I, and I think you're right. I, I think the main thing that that I've seen in other players, it's it, it's yeah, you can play through the pain, but 
you are now going to be scared to dive for the ball. You're going to be more likely not wanting to dive for it because if you land on your shoulder, boom, you're going to pop that thing out of socket easily. Um, putting well, taking your, a hit, you know, even like a well, hard tackle, you know, well, it's stuff it, the, like that. The, the tackle's not too much if you keep your arm within, you know, like you hold the ball tight. Right. But if you get tackled with your arm up, if you go up for a jump ball, you know, those are vulnerable positions that, yeah, going up for a jump ball with someone else and slamming into them, it, it, it's just go rest, man. I get it. You're, you know, you're a badass, but no, <laughs> just go rest, man. I hurt my Some reason people are already think Derek Carr is going to be good. <laughs> So this just shows you Derek Carr ain't going to do anything again this year. Oh, just for man. Those- oh. No, it's going to be Henry. Fired. Shots and fired. Henry Ruggs <laughs> and Brian Edwards. That That's more opportunity Derek for Carr's them. Derek Carr's not even going to be a top 10 quarterback in fantasy. Why? Nice. I, I, I'm not beer, calling beer it. Beer bet? Beer bet? Uh, yeah. Write it down. Oh, I'm writing it down. Top, top 10? I, I think he can make top 10. I can think he no. can be like right around 10. I think he can be 12. 12 if he's lucky, if he okay. keeps his shoelaces tight. Let's put, let's put it down, George. We'll, we'll make I'm that a beer, it down man. right now. Yeah, I'll write that down. I'll, I'll take that. I want something black for that one, like something stouty. <laughs> I, got, I got some – I still got some uh, – some, I got some uh, bottle logic in the fridge over here, some bourbon barrel-aged stouts over here. So that – win or lose, Matt, we'll, win or lose, we'll split it. We'll just call it that. <laughs> Silver awesome. and black. Silver and black. Cool. Let's go. Well, so uh, talking about uh, black and gold, Deontay Johnson over in Pittsburgh, he's missed the last five days of practice. You know, there's uh, there's there's no official report, but other than he didn't participate, beat writers are thinking that it's a calf issue. I, I that anytime that there's some sort of leg thing with a receiver who's going to be behind the other guys, it it has me worried. And and we you know, James Washington is right there. He's the guy that maybe takes the top off the 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 defense and uh you know you obviously still have juju there and and i you know the guy that we've been we talked about months ago chase claypool because what is what does pittsburgh do they grow themselves uh, they they know how to groom the wide receivers so you proved it right there georgie they got a bunch of wide receivers so why not sit johnson out it's a calf injury the dude's going to be relying on it a lot for his explosiveness yeah so make him sit, force him to. You don't want him to be like the guy we just spoke about, Williams, Tyrell Williams, who's going to play injured, uh, especially when this is a leg injury. The guy's still young. They don't necessarily need him right away because they got depth. So And they know how much he can bring to the table. So it's like, all right, all right, if we don't have you week one, that's fine. You'll be able to go off then. So I think Pittsburgh's playing it smart with him. I hope they do because I have him in my other league. He's like my fifth, you know, wide receiver. But still, no, yeah, I think it's great that that, that the fact that he's missed practice, you know, I guess you know, glass half full. I guess you could see that as a good sign. Like you, like you mentioned, Rick, you know, Tyrell Williams is saying like, I don't care if I have a you know torn labrum or whatever it is, I'm still gonna play. I'm not down with that. But Deontay Johnson, he's hurt. Exactly like you said, Pittsburgh has pretty deep squad as far as receivers goes sit him out till he gets better then bring him back in when he's ready to go there's there's no need when they have a, a already a good a good uh a good stable of receivers there there's not really a reason to rush this guy out if he's hurt 
Yeah, I would. If I'm Pittsburgh, I'm not. I'm not yeah. rushing him in or anything. Uh, one thing interesting, uh, interesting item. David Montgomery apparently slimmed down to 218 pounds, and uh, you know that he's hoping that that makes him a little quicker. He talked about the fact that he was slower than he wanted to be last year. This kind of reminds me of two years ago. Joe Mixon lo- dropped some weight going into his second season, and and he went over. He went over a thousand yards. He was really good. He actually helped me win a fantasy championship that year. So it it kind of makes me feel good because he was my he's my RB two on my Estadio Fantasy Bowl, the Mosaicly Tequileros. So we could say we, we could say, we could say <laughs> that. Do, 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 do. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I thought of exactly that the song. The theme back. song, baby. Let's go. <laughs> but you know, to be a little bit lighter, to be a little bit lighter, I. I I think this is going to be good. For that? I I think so. I think that's going to be a good thing for him. I mean, maybe he's. I, I think I, you're biased. I think you're biased, no matter what you say. I'm hoping for him because you know you know how much I love me my year or two guys. Yes, yes that's do. true. That explains why you even got him. I don't like him as. Uh, it's tough because if he has to deal with crappy quarterback play, he's not going to be doing that well. He's going to be playing from behind the whole time. Yes, his 3.67 yards per carry last year garbage but do i think it it was his speed issue or do i think it was more of like they couldn't block for him and he couldn't break through people i don't know i i mean good for him i'm jealous he got to trim <laughs> down a little but i'm not picking him up any earlier just go like okay. bryson DeChambeau, rick you get your uh you know your organ what is what is DeChambeau? did he did he like protein shakes like three times a day and then, <laughs> and then he has like Dan you know Marino too like v- veggies for dinner and like that that's that's his day so i guess i guess you can get into shape like that i mean that's what i need to do man this uh you know this pandemic i've gained you know i don't know how many pounds worth of beer so man, i gotta i gotta figure out a way to slim down myself <laughs> so I'm, I'm right there with david montgomery man trying try to slim down well yeah i think it's uh i think what was it he cut junk food out so we'll we'll, yeah. we'll start with beer he didn't t- talk about cutting out beer yet so uh i gotta work on that that's that's for me well, we got two more others that we want to get through quickly. And Ricky, this one's kind of kind of up your alley. Mike Mike Williams diagnosed with a sprained shoulder, and he's considered week to week, which I, to me has me worried. Yeah, I don't like the fact that uh, he's injured, but I don't know, man. I feel like the Chargers really need him. It's going to look bad because behind him, we don't have that many people. We got Joe Reed, KJ Hill, but I I, I don't know. I hope the, the Chargers have been really good health wise. I believe they're still one of the only teams who haven't had any uh, COVID issues. But I don't know, man. With Mike Williams out, I feel like Keenan's just going to get busier, and it's not going to look good for them. Mike Williams is a huge uh, piece for the team. And even though he's not huge fantasy-wise necessarily, he's huge for that team because he takes defenders off of Keenan and opens up everyone else. I'm wondering if this this is going to mean that uh, that someone like – you know, Austin Eckler is going to be back up in the 90 catch range. And then, uh, yeah. And, uh, and maybe Hunter Henry gets, gets more balls down the middle, but you know, you don't have Mike Williams taking the deep shots. I mean, maybe Keenan Allen goes down there or Joe Reed and KJ Hill. One of them, st- uh, steps up. You never know. You never yeah, know. And he's a jump ball guy. Mike Williams yeah. is a great jump ball. So yeah, because it's a shoulder sprain. I was, like, I was just going to, I was going to say the same thing. Jump, he's a jump ball guy, and yeah. you, you know, shoulder injuries go together with jump ball guys. And if he's already got one, you know, that's that kind of takes away, you know, you know, one of the weapons in his arsenal, which is being able to go up, get that ball. But yeah, when he lands, he's you know usually coming down on one of his shoulders, you know. So that's that's uh, definitely not a good not a good way to start the season. 
No, yeah. we'll see. We're gonna we're gonna uh, lighting a veladora for him because yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> you get because I know I know Ricky, you're salivating at that opening schedule for the Chargers. All of it. I'm so I'm just drooling all over everything. <laughs> well, well, GM Brent Veach of the of the Kansas City of the World Champion Kansas City Chiefs is drooling over Clyde Edwards Elaire. So as we Elaire. Uh, so we understand that the proper pronunciation is, is that H is silent. So we're adopting Clyde Edwards Elaire as Elaire. an honorary Mexican. So we're going to call him Elaire occasionally. Claudio <laughs> but, Eduardo. Claudio Eduardo Elaide. Uh, there you go. Is there, there you uh, there's go. a shoe. I think Hector is uh, going to be his shoe rep. Yeah, man. Uh, if he goes, if he goes Jordan <laughs> Brands. No, imagine if his last name is El Air and his and his and he gets a Jordan shoe, man. He hasn't like, even oh, taken just... a snap yet, and you guys are talking about him getting his own shoe. Come hey, on, hey, hey, man. Yeah, and it's never too early to talk about shoes, man. We can have a whole episode about shoes. <laughs> Hey, if he has sneaker, a, if he sneaker heads, a, man, let's go. If he has a great if he has a great opening, oh my, he's going as a top eight pick right now on on ADP. So, but uh, but even Peter King himself uh, in his Football Morning America con, uh, column, he mentioned that he said the quote: "Draft him in the first round of your family fantasy draft, or for us family fantasy draft. Believe me, you'll thank me for that tip of the on the LSU rookie. So, uh, you know, and that was only after a couple practices." Uh oh, that's the hey man. Hey, you know what? It that, doesn't that, matter. That, I'm 12 in our league. The so. Chiefs' offense is just so explosive, man. And you know, we we remember we remember what Kareem Hunt did when he first you know blasted out on the scene, you know, in the Chiefs' backfield. He just you know people were just like jaw dropping, like wow, look at this guy run. And there's no reason why Ceh won't do the same thing. Their 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 offense is just so unpredictable. They just keep defense is just completely discombobulated and there's no reason why ceh you know can't just run circles around everybody out there they're they're, going to be an amazing offense again this guy is definitely the beneficiary of that scheme that they're going to be running so yeah peter king says pick him up in the first round that guy obviously does way more hashtag research than i do so i'm definitely (laughs) i'm listening to him for sure Uh, he's a chargers fan i don't want to think that they're going to be able to put this much lightning in a bottle so uh, you're right. just you're just hoping he lasts till 12 with you. Yeah, he's I, not gonna. No he's way. not gonna. Somebody there. Somebody's gonna snap him up. That real, that real estate. That that real estate is valuable. Anything that you can scoop up on the Chiefs' offenses, that's valuable real estate, man. That's you gotta scoop that up. Well, speaking of real estate, we are going to the West. Um, Boom. At, we're going to the NFC West. We've got part seven of our preview series. Uh, kick us off, Hector, with the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona Cardinals. I've, I'm, I, I love the Arizona Cardinals. I, I, I've spoken about them uh, a few times uh, through our episodes here. I just talked about real estate. You know, you want real estate on the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, in my opinion, my humble opinion, you definitely also want some real estate on the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, just just the simple fact that uh, you got D Hop, DeAndre Hopkins has just j- jumped on the scene, and, and you know I just can't wait to see what number one overall pick in the 2019 draft, Kyler Murray, can do with this guy. You have Kenyon Drake that's going to open things up in the backfield. Yes, he was seen in a walking boot today. I'm not concerned. He said he's not concerned. I'm not concerned. I just can't wait to see when you have Kyler Murray, this guy who can throw, you know, just a mean, mean spinner. You know, I just can't wait to see what he can do. He's got D-Hop. He's got Christian Kirk. He's got Larry Fitzgerald. He's just going to, I just cannot wait to see what happens. I mean, what do you guys think? You think, uh, you think he's, you think he can be top 10, Rick? (laughs) Who? 
Kyler Murray. Murray. Yeah. Well, I think he can be top five, bro. I think you got to go. each go. one of their their wide receivers, the right, each position of theirs, except tight end and defense and kicker, can be top five. They have a quarterback that can be top five. Uh, they have a running back in Drake. If healthy, he can easily blow up, be a top five running back. Uh, and then right behind him, you got uh, Hopkins, who I feel like is going to be a top two wide receiver. There just you because, go. There you I go. I mean, I don't know. The dude's insane. Murray's going to be getting. Uh, he's Murray's going to be able to buy time, and we've yep. seen with with Hopkins when he was able to get time in Texas. He was able to make good yards, a lot of those jump balls. So it's like, Kyler, come on, dude. You can do yeah. this easily. Yeah, like pitch, I said. Pitch and he, catch, pitch and catch. He had five 300-plus-yard games last year. And that was – I mean, who did he – I mean, yes, he had, you know, Fitz. Yes, he had Christian Kirk. But, I mean, geez, if he had five 300-plus-yard games last year, I could easily see him doubling that up uh, with D-Hop in the lineup now. So I'm really excited. Uh, they have a number one – they have a number 21-ranked O-line according to, uh, you know, ranked, according to Pro Football Focus. So, you know, uh, but to your point, Rick, I think he can, he'll still be able to, to to sit back there a little bit and, and open things up just for the fact that Kenyon Drake's going to be back there keeping the defense a little bit off balance. So what do you think, George? What, what are your thoughts? You, you think uh, you think I'm in line here with the Cardinals, or am I am I overhyping them a little bit? What do you think? You know what? I, I, I don't think so. I mean, a lot, some people are kind of saying pump the brakes, thinking yeah. that they're going to be this year's Cleveland Browns from last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I think there are other teams that are that that's going to happen for. But uh, I don't I, the New York Giants are my uh, pick to be this year's Cleveland, last year's Cleveland Browns right. or this year's version of last year's Cleveland Browns. I think there's too much uh, good that could happen with Kyler Murray taking a second year jump. He's in the same offense, which is different than what uh, than what what Baker Mayfield was. But, you know, you got that rushing floor, 544 yards. He was number two in uh, in the league in rushing, obviously way behind uh, Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Jackson. Right. Right. But, but Murray is such a threat out of there. I mean, I I think I think you you pair the fact that he's going to take the second year jump, and you add to it what is going to what you add to it De- DeAndre Hopkins, who you know people are like, oh, it's not going to he, he's not going to do any he's not going to do as well because he's going to a new team. It's like let, let's let's not forget before he had Deshaun Watson, he had he had Brock Osweiler, he had yeah. I mean he had T.J. <laughs> Mobley or something. He had Matt Schaub. He had guys. He he had guys who were not. They no when no stop on when who like like who exactly <laughs> Ken Ken. So I, I'm looking at him as being a guy that's going to make a big jump this year. And I I I don't know if I'm going to own him because I you know he's going in the fifth round and I'm uh, I'm choosing to wait a little longer on my drafts. I mean I I, I definitely want him on my two QB leagues. But uh, I think he's great. Kenyon Drake, I think, you know, get him out of the walking boot. I think he found the perfect offense for him with because he came in. He was ballistic that first week, went for 110 rushing yards against the 49ers who were just destroying everybody at that point. Right, right. And then he just he just put together a great eight-game run where he had 643 rushing yards, eight TDs. I mean, you double that, that's 1,200 rushing yards and, and, and 16 TDs. And he, would, and he had 28 receptions during that time. So I think he he's going to be he's going to be a stud. And you guys already talked about DeAndre Hopkins. So 
you know, L- L- Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald, I think they're I think Kirk is still going to be a guy who's going to get 100 targets this year. Fitzgerald, I think, is going to come back a little bit because I think I think um, uh, Mr. Drake is going to eat up some uh, some some receptions. Chase Edmonds is another guy who's going to get uh, get get a lot of get get a few balls here and there. And, yep, yep. Um, I, you know, I put Dan Arnold down here in our in our show notes. Uh Quien sabe? Tight you know, end. He's, yeah, he, he may be an afterthought. I, I don't know. You know, as far as Kyler Murray's progressions go, I don't know where Dan Arnold's gonna fit, gonna fit in there when he's already looking at D Hop and Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald and then Kenyon Drake coming out of the backfield. I mean that you know he's. I think uh, Dan Arnold is that will be like number five on you know as far as as far as his QB progressions go. So I don't know. I don't know. He's currently going undrafted tight end. Dan Arnold, I don't know how much uh, how much love he's going to get at all. He's not going to get picked up, guys. Let's be honest. <laughs> no, he's not. He's, he, he's uh, you'd have to have like a two tight end league just to even hear his name be right. Right. But, uh, let's be honest. This team looks fast. They look like they can extend a play, so they look dangerous. And yep. of course, you want a piece of that because I don't know much about their defense, but I'm pretty sure they're going to be behind in games mainly because they play against the Niners, the Seahawks. Uh, and hopefully the Rams are going to be scorers too. But yeah, if they're playing for behind this team, you're from the beginning. You're right. Buy stock in them, buy real estate, because this team is going to go off, win or lose. And yep. I think they're going to get off to a hot start. I mean, they've got a tough game at San Francisco to open up the season. But after that, you got Washington, Detroit, Carolina, and the Jets. I mean, those are four defenses that are not going to be good. I mean, Chase Young right now uh, is is injured. So if he starts the season injured for Washington or he's working his way back in, they're not going to be good defensively at the beginning. So uh, I think they're going to be putting up some points right off the bat. So it's I think this is going to be a fun team to watch. Fun, oh, yeah. fun team to I'm watch. I'm getting my real estate. I mean, you know, call, call your realtor, get that real estate in the uh, Arizona Cardinals offense. <laughs> well, well, uh, you know, we're talking about and next. I'm going to jump on the the Rams. So you get, I, I assigned myself the the Rams because we are the, su- we are shocked and we are shocked <laughs> and awed, George. We had there was we would Ricky and I are completely surprised that you would like to talk about the Rams. Well, you know, the thing, you know, I, the Rams are starting. You know, last year they kind of started to remind me. I started to think of a comp. They're kind of reminding me of the Atlantic Falcons. They're always going to be great offensively, you know, built around the quarterback. They weren't even think, great offensively. Well, last I'm sorry, year. I'm sorry, not great offensively. They're going to throw a lot. They're going to yeah. throw 600 plus times. <laughs> I think that's that's the team. I th- they they were not good, and Jared Goff was not good. And you know, Vinny uh, Vinny B uh, pointed out the fact that uh, uh, two big reasons why they, why he was not good. The running game was, was was not good. That you know, the reason why he was so great is that he was the point. He was definitely the point guard, but he was feeding off of uh, you know Todd Gurley. Todd, Todd Gurley, Gurley exactly. was Todd Gurley was not not the not the guy. I mean, it was like you know Vinny mentioned that it was like playing with uh, playing with one arm tied behind his back because oh, he yeah. was just he was not Gurley was, was not it was, healthy it was so noticeable I mean the yeah. year before the year before the Rams went you know to the Super Bowl and you know yeah. last year it was it was it was very I mean obviously because I can speak on that I I had Jared Goff and I had Robert Woods on my team last year and that just I just you know that that really that that just killed me uh, the the fact that he wasn't able to put together the same type of season, it, it was very clear. That, it was very clear to see that with, with Gurley going down or getting hurt that he, the way he did, Goff, like you said, it was like Goff was playing with one hand tied behind his back. He just was not not the same guy at all. 
Yeah, and two things. And, and what happened was, you know, the last five games of the season, I mean, because golf was not good, 22 uh, touchdowns, 16 interceptions. But the last five games of the season, they they did a better they, – they did some reworking of the offensive line. Some rookies came up and played well, Bobby Evans being one of them, who's who they're looking for big things from him this year. Last five games of the season, you had Goff going for 1,643 yards and 11 touchdowns. You multiply that by three, and you're talking about a 5,000-yard pace and, and 30, like 35 touchdowns. You, you're not going to say that, but that's in there. That's thanks a lot, Goff. Yeah, thanks a lot yeah, for doing that do when my season was already over. Doing the last that at five the, games. Thanks a lot. <laughs> but you know, and so we're we're looking at him, and 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 the big part is who's going to be the ball carrier. And I don't think there's any kind of there. We might be having a little more clarity. Cam Akers came in. I think with him, it might be the fact that he's going to be the last man standing because Daryl Henderson tweaked his hamstring, and they're already talking about it being, you know, where they're worried about it might be, you know, compromising him, at, you know, into the beginning of the season, you know, maybe. Up, they're saying they're confident he's going to be ready for the beginning of uh, game week one. To me, that says he might miss week one, and and that may be the opening for Cam Akers. So oh, I think yeah. I think grab you know I think he's going to be a guy to get on the draft board, and maybe Henderson because both of them are talented. Uh, Henderson was definitely hurt last last year. Uh, you know, he he had a great reputation as being a guy who could just, you know, take take the home run ball and just go with it. So uh, I don't know if he's going to hammy hamstrings are so tricky. You, you just don't know. You just don't know. And it's all uh, power but, for them when it comes to hammies and Henderson's yep. got a lot of power. So I, I like that they got that tandem. I don't like Cam Akers being the, the lead Cavallo the whole season. But I think if Henderson can be in there with it, you don't want it as far as fantasy-wise unless either of them are in your flex. But I think they got something nice right now going for them. I, I, re- I, I like Cam Akers a lot. Go ahead. No, go ahead, George. No, no, no. I, was, I, was gonna, I, was, I think you're going on exactly where I was going to go with it. So go oh, for about it. About Cam Akers. Just the fact yeah. that the, the, the guy's just built like a tank. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's, you know, he's up there at uh, you know, 270. He's a, uh, 217 pounds, and he's faster than – Faster than Dalvin Cook, right? He ran the 40 at 4.47 at the combine. So yep. the guy's built to be able to handle the workload. So I don't know what you're saying, Rick, if you don't think you know he can handle it or he's he does he's not a, he, you're not liking how he's looking. The amount of carries he Kavaya. had last year are going to be dwarfed if he were to be a lead Cavallo this year in an NFL season. He's going to be playing 16 games, not 12. He's going to be playing against harder defenses that are better than every college defense he's ever played. That's fine. Because these are NFL defenses, well, you know, and look, he's never look, seen one. Look what Zeke did as a rookie. Look what Saquon did as a rookie. So, you, you know, you can't pick and choose. It, it, there's nothing that says anywhere that a, that a rookie coming into his first NFL season is going to struggle. No, nowhere. It doesn't, you know, Josh Jacobs. It doesn't say that anywhere. So there's no reason why Cam Akers, especially the way that he's built, he's the guy's huge and he's fast. You know, put those two things together, that is a match made in heaven. So I, I I'm a fan. How is I'm he try huge to- at 217? If Montgomery's bragging that he slimmed down to 218, <laughs> that means that means Montgomery was too right? Like, come on. <laughs> Well, well he, he, out of the top five prospects, he's one of the biggest, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, we're, we're, you know, the thing is, he, uh, I mean, it's, it, if he's, if the, if he blows up, I think the Rams are going to be very good. 
if he doesn't blow up, they were gonna Goff is Goff is probably gonna struggle because they're gonna they're they're just gonna keep keep guys back. But the one thing that's gonna help him is he's got two incredible receivers and a tight end who came on. I mean Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, just I mean flat out studs, just flat out studs. I mean Robert Woods is getting so much love in the uh, on podcasts that I've been listening to. People are talking about him being a top ten uh, receiver this year just because he's so consistent, catches balls all over the place, plays the slot, plays on the outside. Uh, his TDs, he only had two TDs. He's get that 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 number is going to come up. It, it's going to come up. But to, to me, one of the things that, that really stuck to me, he had uh, all of the, his last seven games, he had nine, at least nine targets in every game. So that wow. just, that tells me a lot because the fact that I look back at Cooper cup and he did not have a hundred yard game. The second half of the season, his high was 99. He had some big games in the first half of the season. He had, he had a, a, almost 800 yards in the first eight games. Uh, but uh, you know, there are some people who are kind of worried. I think they were measuring his, his snaps and probably he might've been a little, uh, wearing down a little bit because it was his first year after, after the ACL surgery, this is going to be a second full year, which a lot of times is when guys are back to the back to right, back to so, normal. Yeah. Uh, I'm fired up about both those guys. I think both of them have, uh, definitely top 20 potential. Uh, but maybe even if, if this offense breaks, right, they could have two top, top 12 receivers out of the out of, and it happens occasionally uh both of these were were top 15 receivers last year uh if woods gets a couple more tds maybe that's different but, yeah if you can get if you can give jared goff a running game then he, then he may you know he can get back to to yeah, at least some semblance of what he did a couple of years back when they went to the super bowl but because that's all that was missing last year like you said you know they, they tweaked some things in, in you know the last five games in the season he was able to put together something good because they they were able to to figure that out but you give goff a running back to open things up and he's comfortable back there and he can make things happen. We saw it before. And if they, if they can, if acres can get things going and you know, like I said, if Henderson could be healthy and they can put together some, you know, something of a, of an above average running game, watch for, watch out for the Rams because cup is solid. Woods is solid. They, they definitely have some guys that can, that can make some noise. I have a question for you, Georgie. Yeah. Since you're the resident Rams, uh, <laughs> A guy here. CC. <laughs> What's up with all the sleeper talk about Tyler Higby? Uh, yeah, I, I don't I, know anything about the guy, but every time I have to look him up because he's popping up. Uh, they're he made like, noise last year. He definitely made some noise uh, last year at the end of the season, up? right, George? Well, Ricky, when you were too busy winning championships, uh, and since in, our league, uh, since in our league we don't need a tight end, so you didn't have to pick one. He was one of the hottest tight ends, if not yes. the hottest tight end at yes. the end of the season. His yeah, last five games, his last five games, he averaged over 100 yards. He had 522 receiving yards. He had 43 receptions. So that's yep. over eight. That's over eight yeah. receptions in a game. So yeah, I had uh, him in my other league when I when I won my championship. I had Higby on my squad, and so yeah, I, I could I can vouch for that. I mean, he, it's like everybody was talking about Higby. I mean, I can't believe. You know, again, yes. While you weren't busy, while you were busy winning championships, guys that had you know tight end leagues, you know, were scooping up Tyler. Higgins guys who right. didn't invest in a good tight. End. <laughs> yeah, that didn't get that didn't get Kelsey or Kittle. But the thing with him right, is, yeah. he had his his great end. His great finishing run coincided with Jared Goff, so it's like they've got now maybe they've got some sort of a connection that is mm-hmm. that that is that is yeah, really some, building some rap, some rapport between them. So, you know, the Rams were definitely emphasizing the tight end. And let's also keep in mind, 
Sean McVay was a tight end coach when he before he was offensive coordinator uh, in Washington. Dun, dun, dun. So I, I think it's I think it's one of those things. They decided that they started to run more two tight end sets, twelve personnel, and uh, de-emphasizing the third receiver. So I, I think I, I honestly think Tyler Higby is. I think huge. Tyler Higby is now their third receiver. I mean, mm-hmm. he's going to be getting a lot of targets that went to Brandon that would have gone to Brandon Cooks last year. Not. Not the same type of targets because he's not uh, he's a different type of receiver, but maybe those long balls are going to go to Woods, and that underneath stuff is going to go to uh, Tyler Higby. And I think I think he's ready to have a big season. He's a guy I'm targeting if I am passing on Kelsey and Kittle early on. So yeah, and yeah. and and you know they've got a rough schedule. Uh, they've got a couple of rough games, Philly and Buffalo in the first, uh, second and third weeks, but they got the giants and the red and the Washington football team. And then they close the season. This is why I get they your They close it really nice. Yes. Jets and Seahawks at the end. So I mean, right. Seahawks, Rams Seahawks is always, a, you know, no matter how good the Seahawks defense is, it's the, the Rams give them a hard time defend offensively. So I, I think that's going to be a shootout. And so, it's going to be at Seattle with no fans. So, you yeah. know, even though, even though it's at Seattle, you're taking out that you know the, the Seattle 12th man defense so it's not going to you know golf's going to be able to hear all the plays being called and the, the team's going to be able to hear you know, all the audibles and stuff like that so you're, you're definitely giving the Rams an additional advantage even though they're playing in Seattle so well let, let's jump over to the 49ers Ricky all uh, right you've been re- you've been real about them so let's be real people. Uh, let's keep I'll it tell real. you what guys I I'm a man of science I do not believe in conspiracy theories. They're like Copernicus. But I do believe in the Madden curse. <laughs> and I do believe that the Super Bowl losing team does really crappy the following year. Look at the Falcons. Look at the just just look at every team except for the the Patriots. Patriots. <laughs> look at the Rams. It's just that's what I see happening to this team. And you look at what's happening with their wide receivers, with Debo. Probably not going to make it week one. Further than that, uh, then you have Ayuk. Or is that how you pronounce it? Ayuk? Yeah, T- Brandon Ayuk. T- T- uh, it, it's just sad that he's injured now. Hopefully it's nothing big, but I know he, he – I don't know. It just doesn't look good for the team because if Jimmy G, who already – the end of the year, he was uh, the 14th best fantasy quarterback. That's great and all, but it just it makes me feel like he's more of a manager – uh, he's definitely not someone you want on your team fantasy-wise, and unfortunately, I have him in my two-quarterback league. Uh, and I'm worried. I mean, how's this team going to move the ball if they got no wide receivers? They got Jalen Hurd basically going out there the first game. Uh, Travis Benjamin, but it's like these guys these guys don't know each other that well. They haven't played with each other that well. Kittle's going to get targets galore. Uh, is he going to be looked at as much? Uh, defensively, are they going to cover him so much that that Jimmy G can't go to him? I don't know. But the one thing everyone loves about this team is their running game. Uh, they did just get Trent Williams. I think you know uh, he's a. I don't know what position he is. I know he's a guard or a tackle. No, le- left tackle. Yeah, and, and he. I don't know how they judge them, but it's supposedly he's really good. Uh, the only problem is he didn't play at all last year. He was on the Redskins. He refused to play. Now he's playing for uh, the Niners, who already had an okay line, uh, but their their running game was crazy last year. They were just every week is a different player, which is great for the Niners, but it's horrible for fantasy. Who are you going to pick? A lot of people want to go with Mostert, 
Uh, he's the RB26, and as the number one running back for the 49ers, if you get him on your team, what are you getting? You're getting another guy who's part of a committee. Everyone loves what he did against Green Bay. Uh, I think he got like, what was it, 220 rushing yards, four touchdowns. They, they love him because of that, but I feel like Raheem Mostert is a guy who plays better in the the limelight and when his back's against the wall. Makes sense. He's an undrafted free agent, right? So mm-hmm. I feel like just the regular season, either he's going to tire out or he's just not going to be there, and a lot of it's going to go to Coleman. They're going to need Coleman to catch a lot in the backfield because they don't have any wide receivers. Uh, they don't have anyone who can catch the ball. So, <laughs> I, I mean, it, it just sucks. And their defense. Tell us what you really think, Rick. Their defense. <laughs> I, I heard them talking about, oh, Nick Bosa will have like a sophomore slump. I don't know. I think their defense will still be good. Uh, you still got Richard Sherman there to, to help everyone else out to learn the defense. But, man, it, it, it sucks because I, I want George Kittle to still get over 1,000 yards. I don't know if his team not having any wide receivers is going to benefit him or hurt him. Maybe it hurts him in standard leagues but benefits him in PPR leagues because now he's going to get more receptions, but he's not going to be able to go anywhere because they have four guys surrounding Kittle every play. Exactly. And uh, it just just goes to show, if you look at, look at Jimmy G, he's currently QB 19. I mean, that, I, mean, I mean, think about that. To your point, Rick, this guy was in the Super Bowl last year. He led his team to the Super Bowl last year, and he's currently going QB 19. I mean, from a fantasy hey, man, standpoint. Flacco, I mean, Flacco, too. Flacco won the <laughs> yes. Super Bowl. And, and Flacco got that gigantic contract. You know, same thing. It's like, who is this guy going to throw to? Who is Jimmy G going to throw to? And even if he did have guys to throw to like he did last year, there, there was periods of time, and we, we've talked about it before. There was that time, I think, in the playoffs where uh, he ran the ball. You know, I think they set a record or something. They ran the ball like 15 times in a row, or it was like something crazy yeah. in the playoff game. And what does that do for a guy's confidence? You know, I don't know. You know, it just, it just seems that 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 whole offense now is just going to look completely different than it did last year, and and not in a good way. I mean, like you said, the, the injuries that have hit. The Niners are just, you know, just it's just bad luck. It's just, just you know, Madden curse, whatever you want to call it. You know, year after the Super Bowl curse, whatever, whatever you want to call it, Rick. That definitely looks like it has hit the Niners this year. And from a fantasy standpoint, I'm just really not seeing outside of Kittle. I'm just not really seeing anything much that I like here. Yeah, Kittle. Kittle to me, I think he's still going to have an All Pro season. And, yeah. And I'm, I'm starting to lean toward him being, uh, him being tight end one in in the beer bet between you guys, Ricky. I know you've got the Kittle in that beer bet. Uh, I'm starting to lean a little bit. I haven't gone all the way yet. He's gonna get uh, like 50 targets a game. He's gonna, yeah, <laughs> he's else, just gonna get, he's gonna get, get fed. Homeboy's gonna get fed. Jeez. So. The, to me, the thing, you know, and when I was when I was doing a little research on this team, I look at this and I'm like, Raheem Mostert, you know, he's talking about gaining some weight. Uh, he, you know, to handle so 200 plus. weight today. Yeah, I know. I'm I, <laughs> I, I, starting I, to like I, sip my beer slower. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, don't do that because then you have to go to the you have to go use the restroom before we're finished. Uh, but you know, but the thing is, you know, he's talking about trying to get over 200 carries. He, you know, last year was his was his NFL career high 137 carries, and before that, he'd never even had more than th- he, the his high number of carries was 34. I mean, this is what happens when you're an undrafted free agent. So, uh, I. I, I root for him. He's a great story. I mean, it's, I think this is his sixth team. Um, you know, Matt Breida did leave behind 123 carries and 22 targets. So, uh, Tim Tebow know, was a good story too, but I ain't drafting him. <laughs> he's going, you know, he's going in that, in that middle round, you know, in the sixth round right now, according, you know, he's RB 26. Uh, Maybe uh, he's, that's where you're kind of like, you got to start thinking about it. If, if he is a 200 uh, carry guy, you kind of like the idea of getting him. He says that, but come on, I'm the coach. He's, no, I don't want him. I, I, if he falls to me, there's got to be someone better around him. Like I'd rather have anyone else than him. I think he's going after Mark Ingram. So definitely, I think we're all in agreement. Ingr- you take Ingram over him, but it's oh, like yeah. at all that day. point, at that point, you know, are you grabbing a receiver? Uh, uh, so that's just. Uh, the the running back market's got to be trash for me to pick monster. Well, yeah. he's a guy. Yeah, he's a guy that you target he's at. Uh, six round, I just right? don't he's think the Niners round. are going to be ahead enough to use him to run. That's uh, uh, that that's definitely yeah that's definitely something to think about. Let's see. I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at current. Yeah, I'm looking at the. He's going right after Terry McLaurin, right before T. Y. Hilton and Stephon Diggs. I'll get I'll get any three of them. Any three of those other wide receivers. Man, he's going right after Le'Veon Bell. Who, who, who do you pick between Mostert and Le'Veon Bell? You'd pick Bell, right? Uh, I'm taking right? Bell. Le'Veon Bell all day, right? I don't like I, I, I don't like what Bell did to my team last year, but I'm taking Bell. <laughs> yeah, Bell, I think, has a higher ceiling than Monster. It's just I don't want a guy who's never carried that many times. Promise yeah, me. I mean, it. I mean, look, looking at looking at fantasy pros ADP is like after Mostert, you got. You got Zach Ertz, you got Tyler Lockett, you got Cortland Sutton, you got DK Metcalf, and like you said, George, you got Mark Ingram going like basically monsters being overvalued. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it's uh, I don't I don't know how this is going to shake out. Uh, I I know that Tevin Coleman and Jarek McKinnon are probably going to get just enough carries to be annoying to fantasy right, owners of fantasy uh, exactly. of of uh, McKinnon hasn't played in two years. Uh, actually, he hasn't played since twenty since the end of twenty seventeen because he missed the eighteen and nineteen seasons with uh, knee injuries. Uh, you know he's a he's known as a receiving back, so maybe he's going to eat up some of the some of the receptions. Uh, you know they're you know on the receiver side, Kendrick Bourne is also getting some love, but um, no honestly, love. yeah, this is about Kittle. That, and and it's kind of sad because they have a wonderful opening schedule: Arizona, Jets, Giants, Philly. Yeah, oh, proven this that they can stop in, success in Miami. Is going to revolve around Jimmy G. Yeah. Because you just said the the first five games, the passing game, the passing defenses aren't even the top half of the NFL. They're all crappy. If Jimmy G can't find Kittle, if he can't find anyone to throw the ball to, he got sacked 36 times last year. If he gets sacked 36 times again this year, they're gonna do horrible. He's gonna have more interceptions, more fumbles, just because they don't have the skill players anymore right now. So everything's going to revolve around Jimmy G, and I don't think he's got the levels. No, and, and not only that, let's remember who's in, who's the head coach of the of the Niners, and that's Kyle Shanahan. You know, the the guy that lost, 
you know, I think you know he set the record, right? He's 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 lost the the, the top two worst comeback <laughs> losses in Super Bowl history, and there's been what 52 Super Bowls. Kyle Shanahan owns both of them as a as a coach of the Falcons, losing to the to the Patriots, and then last year um, losing to the Chiefs. So he, he he's that, that I, I don't know. I have, they have a weird faith. setup too, where they don't have an offensive in. coordinator. They right. have a coach that does the running game and a coach that does the passing game, and those two decide what play comes up. It's just like, are you guys insane? I don't know. Point where they like, they like roll dice or flip a coin or like. I knew breaks. last year was a fluke, <laughs> but it just took until Super Bowl for it to become a fluke. Right. But I knew yeah. the whole year. I was like, the Niners aren't really that good. Like, how come they keep winning? So well, did you did you put money on them in Vegas? If you knew if you knew that, going into no. The but I kept telling my buddy that he's like, "Well, they're at the Super Bowl," and I was like, "No, yeah, I bet, don't know. You should, they just don't... you should bet your money on them <laughs> next time. Next time. <laughs> next time. Yes. So better when I play for your money than other people's there money. There you go. There <laughs> you go. Well, let's close up shop with the Seattle Seahawks, and I mean, this team begins and ends with Russell Wilson. I, I Number mean, one team in this league or in this I, division. I, you know, there's good, there's a lot to be said for that. I mean, Russ, uh, you know, it's, you, you look at him and it's like, you, you look at the 516 passes that he made that, that he attempted last year. And it just feels like it's not enough. You'd love to see him. <laughs> it's not, it's not very many. That, that was ranked one of the lowest, right? I, th- I, I read somewhere that that was, you know, that, that was on the low end of as, as far as NFL so ranks. They didn't throw Definitely that not much. top 10. Definitely not top 10. Yeah. Uh, and, and you'd want to see him more because. He is the most talented player on uh, on this offense. I mean, he's one of the best quarterbacks. I t- to me, from pure NFL standpoint, he's the top, he's in the top three quarterbacks. And uh, yeah. but I look at him, thirty plus TDs in four of the last five seasons. His average yards per tent was number eight in the league with exactly 8.0. I mean, the tough part is they just didn't give him the, you know, they didn't give him, take the, take the reins off of him. You know, he only had three games with 300 plus yards. He only had three games with three plus TDs. You know, there's the, the, uh, hashtag let Russ cook is, uh, gaining, gaining steam. Ah. So, uh, hopefully they do that. But, uh, you know, their defense wasn't that good last year. Uh, you know, Jamal Adams, the Jamal Adams trade is definitely going to make them better. But is it going to make them better enough that uh, that Russell Wilson isn't going to be needed to throw as much? I mean, his line is OK, but uh, I, I look at. I look at him and I mean, I mean, so many, so many things look real good for him. I I think he could have a, you know, a 4,500 yard, three TD, 30, 35 TD season. And, you know, even, even though he doesn't run as much as he used to, he used to throw, he used to run over five for 500 yards last year. He only ran for 342, but I think that's fine. I think he's going to be, he's going to have the blow up games occasionally. I'd like to see some other games, uh, you know, the 250 yards and two TDs games uh instead of like the no td games uh because they think they're a running team and and you know what to be to be uh to be kind uh chris carson is a hell of a running back yes uh, he is he's going off as the rb18 and i think it's only because he had the hip fracture at, in december he <laughs> yeah. seems to and, and with, 
Yeah, but he has not been limited in practice in, in training camp. So he's been a, apparently he's been a full participant. Uh, he's th- this guy's good. I mean, he's going in the third round at the end of the third round. He's going at the three point one zero as the RB eighteen, and I think it's all because of the the hip fracture. He's going down there with like Ty, you know, um, Todd Gurley, Leonard Fournette, Lev Bell, and I he's would- a good value pick because I think he'll be top ten. Yep, I, I, because all he does last two hundred years, eleven hundred plus yards, and he, you know, he's got a little bit of a fumbling problem. Seven fumbles last year, and you know, I, I, I saw that number. I love that son. I was like, I need duct tape on it. He's good. (laughs) Duct tape, a little, uh, a little stickum from back in the day, but you know, Carlos Hyde is his backup, but he already said he's number two guy. But and that tells you how much, how much uh, trust they have in Carson. They got Hyde to back him up. Yeah. Right. Exactly. That, that, that's a good sign. That's a good sign for Chris Carson. And just the, just the idea that Russell Wilson hasn't thrown that much that just goes to show you how much Pete Carroll likes to run the ball, which even which is even better. You know, it's even better news for Chris Carson owners because he's going to continue to run. Pete Carroll just likes to ride the running backs, and you know, there's there's no reason why Chris Carson remaining healthy won't be just like the super lead Kawhi Otis. You know, we're, you know, getting all kinds of carries this year. And I, I think that's definitely upside for him and for don't sure. get it wrong russell wilson's definitely if that's you know if it sounds like he's not throwing the ball that much he's one of the most efficient quarterbacks yes in the world. that's why yeah. he's top three four uh in fantasy right now yeah he's he's damn good so i don't know if they're gonna throw more they might want to now that they got metcalf and metcalf's a beast and locking oh, metcalf will be their jump guy so they they have a really and now they got Greg Olson on the team. I feel like they they want to hog the middle. They want to basically uh, do those jump balls because they got a big team, man. With those running backs or with that running back, Quentin Carson, Olson, and Metcalf, those are big guys. Yep. yep. So it's like yeah, that, that may that may you know to your point that may be kind of you know pointing all arrows towards you know Pete Carroll opening things up for for Russell Wilson and having him throw the ball a little bit more this year. It seems to indicate that. And if you know, this is better from his torn Achilles, he was really good last year. My buddy traded Kelsey because he was so, so sure on Disley and Disley was getting a lot of points. Oh, uh, but then, then he, he tore his, hurt. Then he tore his Achilles and my buddy. Oh, was, was ay, 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 ay. <laughs> oh. well, but, I mean, with this team, I think the I, I think offensively, I think the reason why you got to you got to give the ball to uh, Russell Wilson and get him to throw the ball. I mean, Lockett and Metcalf. I mean, it's just you fall in love with both of them. I think they're both. I'm not in love with Lockett. I can't follow you there. Well, never ever have I been. Well, let me tell you. Let me give you a reason to love Lockett. I, I was tell looking up his story. numbers. He 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 was targeted 23 times in the red zone last year. He caught 17 of them including seven touchdowns and he's not a jump ball guy he is just one of those guys who's a great route runner and he's fast i mean and q the his qb rating on the times on every attempt that that russell wilson made to him was 124.7 that's that's incredible that's incredible i mean i still i think dk metcalf is going to be the guy he was targeted 17 times he caught only five balls last year i think that's good I think I think those balls are gonna are are gonna double. I think DK Metcalf is gonna explode into a top ten receiver because he can do it all. He's I don't got know, top Megatron build. He's gonna explode. 
He's gonna well, he's that he's going he's gonna get that year two jump because he was just unstoppable in the playoffs last year against Philadelphia. So I think he uh yeah. It's he's a fun guy to watch play because he's so big and he's so fast and uh, you know Russell Wilson is going to find him. I think he's going to be targeted a hundred twenty. I think they're both Lockett and Metcalf are going to be targeted a hundred and twenty plus times and it's gonna it's gonna be fun to watch. I th- I really think this is going to be a fun team to watch and Ricky I wouldn't be surprised if uh, uh, you know it's it's tough for me to say it because you know I'm definitely rooting for the Rams Safe. but i would not be surprised if they they came out on top in this division so they're gonna come out on top of the division. oh man we may we may be doing a beer <laughs> bet on this one at Think some point I, I gotta it. i gotta feel better about it but um you know looking at looking at their schedule i mean they got miami and atlanta and uh, dallas who their their past defense isn't gonna is gonna take a step backwards in the first five games so uh, it's gonna be some gonna gonna be some good ones and and you know we talked juicy about juicy playoff though juicy yeah. playoff yeah yep tell us about it Rick they're going against the Jets who are garbage uh, they have a good running defense but really uh, they are going against the Redskins who, you mean the, the Washington honest. football team <laughs> I'm sorry I'm so sorry that's uh, <laughs> the Washington football team I hope yes. they get a name by the end of the year I don't think oh, so. I I yeah, doubt I it. Think I think so. it'll be next year. They'll do a they'll do a big reveal and they'll sell a yeah. ton of Washington football team yes. merchandise this year. Yes, they will. And then you and got the Rams too, game sixteen. So it's like the shootout. Uh, I don't know. That see, that's if the Rams are good. But if the Rams are like seventy percent of what you say, Georgie, and you're biased, then I think that Seattle's got an easy cut few wins right there, and it, it's yeah, you want those guys. It's and not that like is a home game. Off, That's like, a home game for Russell Wilson and company too. That that week sixteen game against the Rams, so he's comfortable at home, and I think uh, look for him to, to to do some do some good things there for sure. And See, because it's going to be a tight league or a tight division, they're going to have to play fully. It's not like they're going to be sitting out because they got the first round by. Yeah, I think I think I, I think it's very possible that the winner of this division is going to be ten and six, and like the fourth place team is going to be eight and eight. This is going to be the most competitive division in the NFL this year. It's gonna it's gonna be fun to watch. It's gonna be fun to watch, and uh, you know, uh, it's got me fired up. Hey, yeah, familia, eso es todo for our show. Our show. Uh, Thanks again to Anchor.fm for being our hosting network and for making sure our independent podcast gets out into the Familia community. Please make sure to subscribe, leave us a review, Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you get podcasts. And remember, uh, remember to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at FamiliaFFB as well as our FamiliaFFB Facebook page. Gracias otra vez, Familia. Remember, todos somos familia. Y póngate la máscara. Adios, amigos. Salud. See, uh, well, with whatever we did at the beginning, we're...